So in meditation, a lot of people talk about how you want to just let your thoughts be a river. You want to let your, your thoughts come in, okay, stay for a little bit, and then just flow down river. Welcome back to another episode of the Mind Melt Podcast, where we open our minds through interesting conversation and destroy our biases in the process. Now, today we're going to be talking about how we can reduce stress in our life and the power that anxiety and stress has over our life and how it can be a very negative thing. Now, most likely we all face different stresses and anxieties and worries throughout our everyday life. The modern world is full of distraction and information, and sometimes it can be very hard for our brains to process. So, most likely during the pandemic and just in general, you've had a lot of built up stress and maybe you felt chronic stress where the feeling of stress, maybe that pit in your stomach or, you know, wherever you feel it on your body just has not gone away. And you're looking for some ways to live a stress free life, not a stress free life, but a less stressful life. I believe that a lot of our stress and anxiety comes from our, our thought patterns, most likely negative thought patterns, whether it be we're thinking about the future constantly and the unknowns or we're thinking about something that happened in the past or something that's happening to us right now. I think that a lot of anxiety comes from fear. So if you're fearful of your future, maybe you don't know where your next meal is coming from, or you don't know what you're going to be, where you're going to be at in five years, this could definitely stress you out because you're fearful of the future. Now, also, if something in the past, maybe it was a trauma or a negative event, that can also cause you stress because you're, you're basically putting yourself back into that moment. Whether you realize it or not, when you recall that memory, you're giving it power. So if it was a traumatic experience, you're essentially, in a way, reliving that traumatic experience, which, in, which can create a lot of stress. Because most likely, in that traumatic moment, you were feeling stress. So it's really just bringing it back. So we all face a lot of stress on a daily basis, and most of it comes from our thought patterns, but also things in the outside world. So how can we start to live with less stress in our life and be more open and free, and honestly not hold ourselves back as much? Well, I think the first thing that you should do is you should begin with positive self-talk. I think a lot of us fall into a pattern of just seeing ourselves in a negative light. And you start to tell yourself a story and it repeats over and over again. So, for example, if you didn't make a relationship work, maybe someone broke up with you, you broke up with someone, you may develop the belief that, oh, I'm not worthy of love. I'll never be loved. So then you have this negative thought pattern and it starts manifesting in real life. And then you start to pick up on the patterns. So when you see like someone leaves you or, you know, you're not able to make a friend, you're just like perpetuating that narrative that no one loves you or something like this. And also it's like, it's like at the gym, maybe it's like, oh, I'm not athletic or I can't do this. I can't do this. And then you prove to yourself over and over again that you can't do it. So it becomes a more of a negative thought pattern. So I think negativity definitely stems and creates a lot of anxiety and stress because we want to be good. We want to be better versions of ourselves. But if we're constantly seeing ourselves in a negative light, it can be difficult to do this, creating a lot of stress and anxiety. So really the first thing I want you to do is either today or tomorrow is just to be conscious of your thought patterns. Really recognize what am I thinking about and what is triggering it? Because I think it's all about the triggers. So if you do something consistently, maybe you have a daily routine or something like that, I want you to follow where your mind goes, where your thought patterns go. And honestly, just write it down. Write down every thought pattern that you have. Because once you start to see it on paper, it's like you're actually documenting it. You know, you can think about it in your mind, but 
without writing it on paper, it's not like something you're looking out for. So you want to look out for your thought patterns. And when you have these negative thought patterns, you want to be like, oh, there's that thought again. Let me interrupt that and stop that and redirect it in some other way. So when these thoughts come up, don't latch on to them. Don't like make them reality. Don't just hold on to them. You know, you just have to tell yourself, oh, there's that thought again and, and let it pass. So in meditation, a lot of people talk about how you want to just let your thoughts be a river. You want to let your, your thoughts come in, okay, stay for a little bit, and then just flow down river. Now, when we get in a negative thought pattern, we, also, we often try to dam this river. So the negative thought passes through, passes through, and then it just stops. It stops right in our brain, and we literally just hold on to it because it's a dam. But when you can just let it flow on by and wait for the next thought, you're going to be so much better off because you're not letting your thoughts control your life. You're not letting your thoughts determine your future. And that's really the best. Now, another very helpful technique is breath work. A lot of people talk about the importance of breath work, and it may sound like somewhat dumb to you uh, that I can just breathe and everything will be better. But it's really one of the, if you think about it, it's one of the fundamental like biological things that we've always been able to do. What have humans always been able to do, no matter what our form is, no matter what our environment is, whether we're hunter-gatherers in a modern society, in an ancient society, one of the constants has been breathing. So our, our breath really connects us to like the human within us. And we can really slow things down with our breath and control our emotions. So breath work is super important. Now, there's so many different ways to do breath work. And really, you can make up your own method or follow one of these. It's really up to you. One of the most basic I recommend if you've never done breath work would be called belly breathing. So really, you want to have a hand on your chest and a hand on your belly. And you're really just going to feel these spots when you start to breathe. So when you breathe in, push your belly out. So push your belly fully out and make sure your chest doesn't move. So you're just breathing through your belly. Ready? And then when you breathe out, you're going to purse your lips. So you're going to put your lips together and then slowly breathe out. Now, this is supposed to slow your breathing and return your heart rate to normal. This can be really good when you're anxious or having a stress moment. Because when you're stressful, it's like an evolutionary response. You're ready for primal warfare. You're ready for battle. You're ready to take on like some animal or something. So your body prepares for that by pumping blood very fast to your muscles to get ready for some sort of fight. But most likely, if you're late to work or, you know, your kid got an F on their report card, you're not in actual physical danger. You're in, maybe you're in psychological danger, but not actual danger. So there's no need for this. But when you start to breathe, it lowers your heart rate and then you're pumping blood less to your muscles so your stress response kind of goes away because it's like your body telling you hey it's safe i don't need to do this i don't need to tense up and get ready for a battle there's nothing actually here it's all in my head so breath work can definitely be a great opportunity to calm down and maybe it might be a temporary thing but after a while i guarantee you that it's going to help you become more calm as a person so one of the most famous ones is called the wim hof method i don't know if any of you know wim hof wim hof is basically the ice man he's insane this man will hike up mountains in arctic weather snow everywhere in literal shorts shorts and nothing else not even shoes um i think he has the the world record for longest time submerged in ice and like underwater in ice so he's pretty insane so he attributes much of his success in this domain to his breathing method so his breathing method consists of 30 deep breaths where you're going fully in but you're doing like that belly breathing 
and then you're only releasing about half of it out. So it's it's like, so you're just kind of like releasing half of it out. So you're still taking in more than you're letting out. So you do 30 deep breaths, and then after the 30 breaths, you do like a breath hold. And this may sound crazy, but some people do between one minutes and three minutes, or even like more than that. Now, it may sound like impossible to do that, but once you have these 30 breaths, it almost doesn't feel like you're holding your breath because you have so much oxygen in your blood. And this can be a really great way to boost your immune system, but also to calm down and really realize the importance of every single moment. Because when you're holding your breath, you start to connect with your body. You start to get tingly. You start to like be more alert and more in touch with your surroundings. I think that's super important to like overcoming stress and anxiety. You need to be like aware of your surroundings. Sometimes we just get trapped in our head or a mental pattern and we're not really seeing like what's around us. So I think that's super important. Um, there's a couple other ones. You could do some sort of rhythm breathing where it's like a certain amount of time for the inhale, then you have a hold period and then you have an exhale period. So like there's one example where you go inhale for four seconds hold for seven seconds, and then exhale for eight seconds. So it's kind of just like tempo breathing. That will get you your body in a rhythm, and it'll kind of take your mind off the stress. So I think breath work is also super important. Now, one of the other great methods that many people talk about, and maybe you do it uh, consistently as well, is meditation. Meditation can be a great way to help with stress. Now, it may be very difficult at first to start, but just start small. Start by just like sitting down somewhere comfortable, just like looking at a wall and really just trying to focus on that and like not really latching on to any of your thoughts or anything like that. Kind of just letting them be there and just observing. Now, at, at first, it may be difficult to do it for a long time. So I'd suggest starting with like five minutes, but some people meditate for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I personally like to do like a 15 minute morning meditation. I find that's a good like range for me where I can focus in, but it's not too much where it's like I start to get distracted. But meditation can be very helpful because not only do you learn more about yourself when you're just sitting there because ideas are popping up, things from the past are going through your head, but also it's like you really can, it's a time to like notice what you're actually thinking because I can do it sometimes, but it's very difficult to have an extended period of time where you're just having no thoughts. That's often a, a misconception about meditation. Many people think that meditation is all about having no thoughts whatsoever. And when they can't do it, people are just like, oh, I can't do meditation. It's too hard. And then they stop. But really what like a trained meditation practicer will tell you is, no, you really can't stop your thoughts for a long period of time. Like it's nice when it happens, but that's just not how we're wired. That's not how we work as humans. But what you do is you have a thought come in. You notice it. And then you let it go. Just like that river reference. You know, it's just let a thought carry it down the river. And just let it go. Let it go. And then the next one pops up. Oh, there's a thought. Now, this can be helpful for noticing your negative thought patterns because, oh, there's a thought. Oh, I've had that thought before. That's that negative one. Okay, let me note that in my head mentally. Okay, here's this thought. Okay, that's just a random thought. Oh, the next one. Oh, I'm not, I didn't even notice I had this thought, but I feel like I've had this thought before. And then you note it and then you move on to the next one. So meditation can be great at realizing your thought patterns, but also keeping you calm. I think that meditation, when you get in the zone, it can be a great baseline because how often in our day are we like truly calm and like collected? Now, sometimes we're focused or energized, but it seems like we're always kind of rushing around. And I think just like sitting and doing nothing and meditating can be a great way to establish this baseline calamity, being calm in this state of calm because now you know like what it takes to get there and how it feels 
And the great thing about meditation is you can literally do it in any situation. Like wherever you are, obviously if you're at work and you're in a meeting, maybe you don't want to start meditating, but most places you can just start meditating. And if you can just learn how to get back to a calm, relaxed state, you're going to be so much better off because sometimes we make bad decisions, whether it be going into like things that make us comfortable or, you know, our addictions or something like this, or, you know, making bad decisions, saying something we shouldn't do because we're stressed and anxious. But if you can return to this state of calamity, you're going to save yourself so much pain and so much like suffering just by being able to be calm. Now, an underrated one, a lot of people don't agree with this, but I think it's very important is your sleep. Sleep is super important to the brain and the, the body and everything about humans and recovery. Now, you need good quality sleep in order to function at your best, but also when you're in a state where you're not sleeping, you become more stressed out naturally. Things You aren't as resilient to things as before because it's almost like your body is in this state of like, I don't know, like movement. So if you, if you think about like the brain as everything the brain was developed for was for like hunting times and like survival times, stuff like that. If you're not getting enough sleep, it's most likely like you're in danger because you have to constantly be moving from a predator or you need food or something. So it's, it's like some need isn't met and that's why you aren't sleeping well. So that can create more anxiety. Now, I suggest that you sleep seven to eight hours. Some people think that's a lot. I think everyone needs a different amount of sleep. Some people can get it done in six hours, but you really need good quality sleep. And I think that means uh, turning off the screens at least an hour or two hours before you go to bed. Because the screens, like we may not notice, but it can really, really affect our deep sleep. Maybe we can get to sleep fine, but it's not going to be the best sleep you've ever had. It's not going to be rejuvenative. You're just going to sleep and then you're going to wake up. Most likely you'll be tired. So sleeping is super important to maintaining a healthy body, maintaining a healthy mind, and preventing yourself from being super stressed out and anxious and being able to deal with your stress and anxiety. Now, I think it's also very important to make time for relaxing and self-care. Now, when I say self-care, some people may just be like, oh, I'm just going to do what I want to do in this moment. Do what I think I should do or do what makes me feel good. And sometimes that's like binge watching shows or going on social media or binge eating. And really, you shouldn't do these things because when I say relaxation and self-care, you should do things that are going to help you grow as a person, but also like be healthy to your mind. Now, binge watching shows and going on social media is not necessarily good for your mind because of these massive dopamine hits that come with it. So you're not really like restoring your mind or like, you know, relaxing your mind or uh, restoring it to like a more relaxed state. You're really kind of just like keeping it like amped up and like anxious and like spinning. So that's not really helping you. So when I say relaxing and self-care, it could literally just be like just laying in your bed, just doing nothing. It could be meditation. It could be spending time with your kids, spending time with a dog, going on a walk, anything like this, maybe taking a bath or a shower. These are things that relax our mind and our body. I think that's super important because if you have a stressful day, you want to decompress. You don't want to carry that home to your children. You don't want to carry that home to the bedroom. You don't want to carry that home to your sleep. And the next day, you want to be able to kind of decompress from it and let some of it go at least. So making time for relaxation and self-care is super important as well. Now, one of the most important things to humans is daily exercise. Exercise is super important. Our bodies are meant to move and it's good for our minds, especially when you can do something challenging. It takes you outside of your comfort zone and it can build your mind up. 
But getting regular regular exercise is a great way to relieve stress because you can kind of just put all of your emotions and stress into the workout or into the movement and you're going to feel better. So it's proven that exercise reduces symptoms of stress, anxiety, and depression. So everyone should work out daily. Now, some people may not be in a position to do a rigorous exercise every day, but even taking like a 15-minute walk or doing some sit-ups or some burpees, that's enough exercise. You know what I mean? You can build up over time, but as long as you're doing something, that's better than just sitting on a couch or sitting at your desk or doing something like that. Now, similar to what I said about relaxation and not going on your social media or binge-watching Netflix, spending less time on screens will actually decrease your stress because when we spend more times on the screens, we're taking in more information and we can be a lot more stressed out and anxious because of it. And it can be very difficult with online work and most of our work being on the computer nowadays. Like We're kind of forced to like be on the internet or be on screens for most of our day. So in your, in your free time, if you can stay away from the screens, you're going to be better off because you don't feel so drained. You're not taking in so much information that it's stressing out your mind, but you're, you're giving yourself, your, your mind, time to relax and to sharpen the sword, really. Now, this is a difficult one for many Americans and people around the world, but you need to reduce your caffeine intake. So if you take one cup a day, maybe go half a cup or three cups, two cups, you know, you got to reduce your caffeine intake because you ever get the jitters when you're on caffeine or taking coffee or something like this. And for some people, they get like chronic anxiety because they drink coffee. So everyone responds to caffeine differently, but caffeine is not like a natural thing for our brain. Caffeine is something that will just like make us anxious in a way, make us energized, but sometimes it can be hard to control. So maybe reducing caffeine slowly over time will make you less stressed out. Now, another super helpful practice is mindfulness. Most of you have probably heard of mindfulness, but it's really about just learning to be in the current moment and nowhere else. I've heard something like around 50% of our day is spent on the present moment and the rest is on the past and future. So if you can learn to spend more of your day in the present moment, you're going to be less stressed out because we often get stressed out thinking about the future or the past or something that happened to us two hours ago. And it can be difficult to like be in the moment most of the times. And when you're actually in the moment, not only is your experience more meaningful to you, but you can show up for other people. You can be better equipped to... I don't know, teach people or to fulfill your purpose or something like that. But being in the moment and learning mindfulness is something that's amazing. That that can be very helpful. Now, another thing that can be very difficult for people is learning how to say no. Now, a lot of us just want to be yes and people pleasers. And it can also lead to our stress increasing because when you just say yes to everything, then a lot just piles up on our plate. It's like an all-you-can-eat buffet. When you, when you come to a dish, whether it be a workload or a commitment or a soccer game for your kid or something like this, it's like you're just taking a scoop. So you take that mac and cheese. So you take the, the one dish. Maybe that's like co-worker hangout. And if you say yes, it's on your plate. Now, that, the next thing is extra assignment at work. You say yes, it's on your plate. Parent meeting at school. You say yes, it's on your plate. Now, you can see when you start to say yes to these things, your pile gets very full. And that can be very stressful because you have so many different commitments and it can be hard to decide which ones are priorities, which ones should I focus on. And it can be downright overwhelming and that can really stress you out. So you have to learn how to say no and prioritize prioritize yourself. You know, don't always be a people pleaser. Put your own mental health first. Take on what you can because when you take on too much, you're going to do 
terrible quality work on whatever you're working on because you're just going to want to get it done and get everything off your plate. But when you can, you know, select things that are actually important to you or need to get done, you're going to be able to commit to it better. You're going to be able to focus on it better. And you're going to be able to get it done in a more productive way. So learn how to say no and don't always say yes to things that come up. Now, overall, it's not easy to reduce your stress and anxiety. But once you can kind of determine what you're thinking about on a daily basis, what's causing you so much stress, what's piling up in my life, and you learn some methods to kind of like release some of this stress or avoid it altogether, you can really start to reduce your stress and anxiety. And when you reduce your stress and anxiety, you're definitely going to notice changes in your life. Most likely, you're going to have more energy. You're going to be more positive. You're going to be able to be more productive. Like it's going to change your life in ways you maybe don't even know because you've been stressed out for the past like three years. So I'd really recommend doing your own research as well. But also, if you took anything from this one episode, just remember that stress is not the answer and like there's other ways to deal with your problems and like there's methods to get out of whatever you're dealing with but also talk to, pro- to a professional and see if they can help you so anyways thanks so much for listening to another episode of the mind melt podcast where we talked about stress and anxiety and kind of overcoming it in this two-part series 